What up, what up, what up? Everybody doing good? Come on, keep that going and welcome all the campuses. Garner, Sanford, Columbia, North Raleigh, North Durham, Coffee House, Internet, Kenya, New Hope everywhere. We are one church, many what? Many locations. So, so glad you are here. Hey, let's not waste any time. Go ahead and grab your app. Uh, on your phone, if you don't have the app downloaded, just go to the app store. You can search by name or the church's name. It'll pop right up. The teaching notes will be there for you to follow along. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. And if I had to give you a text, I'd tell you to go ahead and open them to Matthew 28. Matthew what? Matthew 28. Hey, did y'all just feel what just happened in here when we were worshiping? The atmosphere shifted and um, it, it, it became holy ground. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And we just saw that happen and uh, praise Jesus. Amen. And thank God for worship leaders and worship teams who lead us to the throne of God. Can we give them some love? Such a great day. Who's ready for the word? Hey, uh, we, are in a, we are in a series titled Engage, and we've never, we've never made any bones about it. We've always stated this very clearly, unequivocally, unapologetically, membership matters. We believe membership matters. And so this series has been for all of our current members who've already joined the church. And so today, when everybody else joins the church, members who are already members, I encourage you to fill out the card as well. You're already members, but be a part of this moment. It is for the members who've brought us thus far. Can we just give them some love? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every time I get asked how this happened in 16 years, I always say it's a God thing, number one. And number two, it's God moving mightily through the membership of New Hope. God moving mightily through the membership of New Hope. So current members, welcome. Glad you're a part of this. This is for all of you who are here today and you're considering membership. You're not a member yet, but you've been engaged in this Engage series and you're thinking about it. I hope by the time we end today, you join the church. And then thirdly, this is for those of you who just want to remain attenders. You're just here, you're still checking it out. And I've always said, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. Kick the tires, lift the hood, all you want. But you stay here long enough, God will get you. Amen. God will get you. I can promise you that. But if you're not ready yet, that's fine. Just one more time. I stated this the very first week of the series, and I just want to say it again. I want to let you know, listen, I am head over heels in love with the church. I believe there's nothing like the church. I know we've had our faults over the years. I know we've had some problems. Historically, if you look at the church, there's been moments when we haven't been at our best. But I have always said, there is nothing like the church when she is hitting on all cylinders. There, there is not another redemptive movement on planet earth quite like the church. You take the church out of the world, listen to me, it's lights out. There's nothing like the church. And so I've always said, listen, I love the church. I am head over heels in love with the church. I don't know if you had this experience when you were a kid. Uh, my parents took me almost every summer. I mean, we went a lot. Um, how many of you, when you were a kid, you went, or maybe as an adult, you take your kids, I know we took ours when they were small, to the Ringland Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus? Oh, I love that, right? I love that circus. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but do you know what happened in 2017? Gone. Done. See ya. The tagline of the circus was the greatest show on 
I stopped by to let you know. You know why they shut down in 2017? You want to know why? Because they weren't the greatest show on earth. They were great and I loved them. But I just want to let you know that Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus is not the greatest show on the earth. The Super Bowl is not the greatest show on the earth. March Madness is not the greatest show on the earth. Let the Duke and Tar Heel fans say thank you. Good thing that's not the greatest show on earth, right? The economy is not the greatest show on earth. Politics is not the greatest show on earth. Oh, God help us. The greatest show on earth, and it's not a show, but you know what I'm saying, is the church. It's the church. There's nothing quite like her. So we have unapologetically always said we love the church. And to you skeptics out there who go, well, I don't know about the church. The church is not perfect. You're daggum right it's not. Because it's led by people like me. And it's made up of people like you. We aren't perfect. But we're the best thing happening on planet earth. To God be the glory. And we live in a day and age where nobody wants to be committed to anything. People don't want to be committed to marriage. They don't want to be committed to a job. They don't want to be committed to a country. This attitude has even produced a generation of church hoppers and church shoppers. They'll come to a church and if I say something they don't like, they just bounce on to another church. And then they go to that church and they bounce on to another church. And pastors get together and we talk about those who bounce around from church to church to church. And what we've always said is commitment, commitment always builds character. Write that down in your teaching notes. Commitment always builds what church? Character. Membership swims against the current of America's consumer religion. Every team has a roster. Even our country, right? Even our country has a census and voter registration. Every business has a payroll. Every army has an enlistment. Membership, write this down as well. Membership identifies our church family. This is the backbone of our church. This is who we are. This is how God has been doing it for 16 years. And this is how it will continue to be done. This is how we change the world. We change the world by inviting people to get on the front lines and take this stuff seriously. What we do here on Sundays and what we do Monday through Saturday really matters. It matters. And so if you're just looking for a place to kind of play religious games, if you're looking for a sanctimonious social club where everybody looks the same and acts the same, and all, we're not your church. Like, we take this stuff seriously. Do, do y'all know that the Bible, New Testament particularly, do y'all know that the New Testament has 59 one another's in it? 59 one another statements. Did you know this? 59, just in the New Testament. What I mean by that is you, you read things like this. Love one another. Can I hear an amen? amen. Serve one another. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Be patient with one another. Can I hear an amen? amen. Give one another a holy kiss. Can I hear an amen? amen? Go ahead and lean over to the person that you don't know closest to you and get, just lay a big wet one on them right there. <laughs> no, you don't you dare. And, and, unless, it's your, unless it's your wife or your husband or your kid. If it's somebody sitting beside you and you're like, mm, I, I want to meet you, don't you do that. <laughs> you take that stuff elsewhere. <laughs> 59 one another's. 
in the New Testament. 59 ways in which we are in this together. You and me, the person in front of you, the person behind you. We're a family. And the way in which we change the world is we get all in this and we say, you know what? Those are my people. That's my pastor. I love that vision. We're gonna change the spiritual landscape of planet Earth. We're gonna charge hell with a water pistol if we have to, but we are going to make a difference on planet Earth. And the members, I'm glad I got one person excited about way back there. <laughs> I know sometimes you're just thinking, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. So the way we, the way we do this the way we change the world at New Hope is we challenge and we commit together as members to engage in the four C's. The four C's of membership. The four what? Four C's of membership. Here we go. Celebrate in weekly worship. Celebrate in weekly worship. That means that New Hope members get their butts out of bed on Sunday even when we lose an hour of sleep. God help us. But this is good. You guys got out of bed. You came, you came to the last service, which is cool. But you came. New Hope members get out of bed. They get to the house of the Lord even on dreary, rainy, cloudy days. They get to the house of the Lord on sunny days when you're tempted to go fishing. That's fishing, not fishing, fishing. Or when they want to go golfing. They come to the house of the Lord and they worship God weekly. Can I get an amen? amen? Here's the second C. We connect in serving teams and or life groups. So if you haven't gotten involved yet, when you go outside today, there will be round tables or tables in the middle of the rotunda where you can get involved in a serving team. They contribute the biblical tithe. That's what we looked at last week. They contribute the biblical tithe and they carry the message of what? of new hope to those in need. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice that I put new hope, two words. And notice that I capitalized the N and I capitalized the H. If you're a keenly aware person, you know that we never say new hope like that. New hope is copyrighted. Lowercase, hope is bold. So for 16 years now, every time, and this is a lot, every time I type new hope on the keyboard, I have to go back, correct it, bold the hope, bring the two words together. And I do that because it's copyrighted. But notice today, I said, carry the message of new hope. Here's why. We don't carry the message of a church to people. We, we carry the message of Jesus to a people. We carry, come on now, we carry the message of new hope hope that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Four C's that we engage in. Everybody say celebrate. celebrate. Everybody say connect. connect. Everybody say contribute. contribute. Everyone say carry. Yeah. Now from the top, ready, go. Celebrate, connect, contribute, carry. You did that so good, I'm gonna ask you to do it again. Go, celebrate, connect, contribute, and carry. This is how we change the world. This is how we do it. (laughs) 
I was dancing on the stage at like seven o'clock this morning. You should have seen it. You should have get on the worship team. They, I, was, I was getting carried away. I'm happy. I'm happy. My kids are home from college on spring break. In fact, I'm going to do something that I don't hardly ever do, but I'm just so happy and I'm just so stinking proud of them. I'm going to ask my, they're going to get on me for this. I'm going to ask my four boys to stand right where they are. They're in descending order, all four of them. Joshua and Caleb, you too. Give it up for those Kelly boys. Welcome home, boys. You might be saying, where's your daughter? She's in Puerto Rico on a beach somewhere with her girlfriends, but she's coming home midweek. Celebrate, connect, contribute, and carry. Matthew 28. I told you to turn there. Matthew 28. Starting in verse 16. If you love the word of God, let me hear an amen. amen. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they what? Church, they what? They worshiped him, but some doubted. You might be here and you might be doubting all this. Hey, welcome. We're glad you're here. You doubt as much as you want. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. How much authority? All, all authority. Think about that for a moment. Jesus gave all authority to us. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, he takes that authority. He's got it. He says, therefore, go, you go. I give you that authority. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the what? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. In that great commission, Jesus' last words, by the way. Don't you think Jesus' last words had to be of unbelievable importance? Don't you think Jesus thought carefully about what he was gonna say as his last words? This became the great commission. And if you look at it closely, you'll see reach, teach, and release all in there. Go into all the world and make disciples, reach. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, teach. And as you go, release, remember that I am with you always to the very ends of the age. Now think about this for a moment. How many people did Jesus have when it was all said and done? The text says it. 11. You might be thinking, well, wasn't there 12? Yeah, Judas. He bit the dust like the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. <laughs> right? And so Judas is gone. There's 11. Now stick with me. Jesus changed the world with 11 people. Have you ever thought about that? started with the 11 and he changed the spiritual landscape of planet earth forever. We're here today because the 11 allowed the authority to be placed on them. They took the message serious and here we are 2,000 years later. If he can do that with 11, this is the kind of question I've been asking too for 16 years. What do you think he can do with 5,000 of us? Or right now, it's about 7,500, 7,500 of us. What do you think he can do? If he did that with 11, what could he do with 10,000? That's our vision, right? 10,000 by the end of 2020. What could God do with a motley crew like us if we just took it seriously? If we just realized that this is not about playing games, this stuff matters. Eternity 
rests in the balance and the vision to reach, teach, and release. I'm going to show you a graphic now. I want, you to, I want you to look at this. Some of you are visual learners. If you see the world and the crowd and the congregation and the committed and the core, membership, what I'm inviting you to today is, are those two center circles, committed and core. That's what membership is here at this church. We reach, teach, and release. Have you ever noticed that our vision is unlimited in scope? Have you ever noticed that our vision is a growth engine in and of itself to the extent to which we reach people and teach people and release people is the extent to which we're going to do what? Reach more people, teach more people, and release more people. It's unlimited in scope. And some of you might be thinking, you're like, you're doers, man. And you're like, all right, when's the job done? Here's when the job's done. Here it is. You ready? When you can look at me and I can look at you and we can say without a doubt in our minds, there are no more people around any of our campuses who don't know Jesus. That's when our vision is accomplished. When you can look at me and I can look at you and we can declare unequivocally, everybody around a New Hope campus is born again, saved, and in the family of God. To which some of you might say, well, that's not gonna happen. Exactly. That's why he gave us his authority. And that's why we are on point. That's why we are placed here on purpose, come on, for a purpose to reach people with the gospel. You might wanna write this down. You're not gonna see this on the screens, but this just kind of came to me recently in the week. We reach people and we grow together from the door to the core. Everybody say, from the door to the core. We teach the Bible and we become needed and known. Everybody say, needed and known. And we release you to carry the message of new hope from the seats to the streets. See, I didn't even tell you, and you just did it. Door to the core. Needed and known. Seats to the streets. That's how we change the world, church. That's how we do it. We take this very, very seriously. Billy Graham died a couple weeks ago. And I don't know what you felt. Some of you might know him really well. Others of you uh, might not know him that well. But if you don't know him or you didn't know much about him, let me just tell you, he was the real deal. He was an amazing man of God. He went the distance 99 years. He was faithful. He stood up for God all the way. He never compromised. Even when this country was, you know, you think things are bad now racially in our country. You know, back then it was even worse. And Billy Graham was one of the first that said, you know what? We are not gonna be segregated here. We are gonna invite all people to the crusades. Unbelievable man of God. But here's, here's what I've been feeling for the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if you felt this. I have felt unbelievable amounts of sadness that he's gone and yet great joy because he's now in heaven and he got to be reunited with his wife, Ruth, and he got to hear his Lord's voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. They said this at the funeral. I don't know if you watched it and you can go online and watch it. Um, They said at the funeral, those closest to him, and I'd heard this before from talking with people, they said that when they would go in and find Billy before the crusades, before he would preach, they would often find him laid out on the floor, laid out on the floor, literally weeping before God, weeping and praying that God would use him to reach one more person. Wow, it's right. And as I heard that at the funeral and was reminded of it, here's what I thought. 
God, have we lost our heart and our passion for lost people? Does your heart ever break for your neighbor who you know is facing a Christless eternity? Do, do you ever pray for, do, do you ever weep for a family member who doesn't know the Lord? I do. Thankfully, not my immediate family. <laughs> do, do you ever weep for the person you work with? You know, the one that gets on your nerves, but you know they're lost. And as I, I heard that again, I just thought, God, let us never as a church grow hard-hearted to those who don't know you. Let us be a church. This is what membership is about. Let us be a church that cares about the things that God cares about. Listen, church, lost people matter to God. And therefore, they should matter to us. Lost people is the very reason why Jesus came. The Bible says God's gonna come again and put an end to this whole thing. You know that, don't you? The Bible says, and you might not believe that either. You might doubt that. And I know 2,000 years, that's kind of hard to understand. Sometimes I'm thinking, man, where are you, Lord? But do you know why the Bible says he continues to tarry? Do you know why he continues to tarry? The Bible says he continues to carry because he doesn't want one person to die without Jesus. Let us, let us be a church that keeps our hearts tender for the things that matter to God. People matter to God. And therefore, what? They matter to us. C.T. Studd was an amazing preacher missionary. Number one, he had the coolest name ever. Could you imagine, guys, let me talk to the guys for one. Guys, could you imagine having a last name, Stud? C.T. Stud, unbelievable. He was the one who went and set up the Africa mission, the heart of Africa mission. He led that, a worldwide crusade. I like a lot of his quotes, but here's my favorite, favorite of all time. He said this, some want to live within the sound of a church or chapel bells. But as for me, I want to run a rescue station within a yard of hell. Isn't that a great quote? And listen, I know, I know it's not politically correct to talk about hell. But I'm not here as a pastor to be politically correct. I'm here, if it's okay with you, to lead a movement that is biblically correct. And even though you might not like the notion of hell, I don't like the notion of hell. But heaven is real. Can I get an amen? Everybody amens that. Now don't amen this next one. Don't amen it. Don't, because amen means so be it. But hell is real too. Heaven is real and hell is real. And real people go there. They go there for eternity. This stuff matters. 
what we are engaged in really and truly matters. And so one more time, I shared this in the beginning of the series. Let me share it one more time. And this should fire you up. If it doesn't fire you up, your wood is wet. You got wet on the way in and you haven't dried off yet. The 2020 vision is to reach, teach, and release a what church? A membership movement of new hope so that together we can serve how many? 10,000 people through 15 campuses to the glory and honor of Jesus. Amen? Come on now. To which some of you would go, wow, that's a big church. That is not a big church. In fact, I'm sick and tired of people talking about us being a big church. I'm sick and tired of, ooh, you're a mega church. No, we're not. No, we're not. You look at the lost population around all of our campuses, we are not a mega church. We are a small church with a mega vision. We are a small church that will do anything short of sin to reach people. And so even if we started reaching all of the lost people around all of our campuses, if you go and the demographics are out there, you can go to percept.com, you can look it up. You look at the demographics. If we were a church to become 10,000 people by the year 2020, check it out. We would be a church that reaches somewhere around 1% of the lost population. We're not a big church. But thanks be to God, we got a big vision because we serve a big God. Amen? That is what we are about. So as you keep thinking about whether or not you want to become a member of this church, I got to introduce you to something very, very crazy. Everybody say crazy. This is crazy. I want to warn you, this is crazy. We've never done anything like this, but we're excited about it. I think I said earlier, I think I said in this service, did I say this? Tell me, I don't know if I said this. I said, we'll do anything short of sin to reach people. Did I say that in this service? Yeah. When we say anything, we mean anything. And so today I get to introduce you to a crazy idea. In just a moment, we're gonna give you a card. And on this card is a gift card. And the gift card is in the amount of $10. And it says on one side, Brighton, just want to brighten your day. And there's a $10 gift card. You turn it over and it says, we just want to brighten your day and would, you, would love to have you join us for one of our Easter services. Then there's the map and the address and the church name and the service times and it's customized and unique for every single campus. We're gonna give you this today. And some of you are like, amen. <laughs> it's not for you. <laughs> Y'all ridiculous. <laughs> if you spend this, you shall be for all eternity <laughs> a sinner in the hands of an angry God. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We're going to do a reverse offering today. We're going to pass the baskets out. And you don't put anything in the basket. That'll be later if you decide to join the church with the membership card. But we're going to ask you to take one out. And you take this card and you think and you pray about giving it to someone. Who is the person right now you're thinking about? Who is it? You take this card and you pray over it. You find that person. Maybe it's a stranger. It doesn't matter. 
Just give the card to somebody and invite them to church. You just have a simple conversation. Hey, what are you doing for Easter? I think you can ask that question. Try it. Ready? Go. What are you doing for Easter? See how easy that was? And then they say, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. And you think, you're lost. You need Jesus. But you don't say it. You don't say it. You don't say it. And you hand them this card. And you say, we would love to have you at New Hope Church. And we just wanted to brighten your day. And then if you know them, you offer to bring them to church, you bring them. You, you, you be a bringer. And then, then you take them out to lunch or dinner when church is over. And you pay for it. And you tip the waiter or the waitress and you invite them to New Hope Church. <laughs> Christians can be some of the tightest people on the planet. Tip the waiter. And don't dare invite them to church and then not tip them. That's called reverse outreach. You can do this. If you can't invite people to this church, something's wrong. I mean, you won't find a friendlier church. You, they can come and they, they don't have to believe and just come. But I've always said, listen, you get them here and I'll offer them Christ. You get them here and the Holy Spirit will start moving from the Mickey hands to the pathfinders in the parking lot to the ushers and the greeters, to the Starbucks, to the resource center, to the ushers and the greeters in here, to the band, to all the technicians on the productions team, everybody making this thing happen. You praying, me praying, we worship. They see you worshiping. Even that's contagious. And the Holy Spirit moves and all that. And then I stand up and I preach the gospel and souls are saved for all of eternity because you cared for lost people. Amen. This is what it means to be a church on purpose for a purpose. So we're going to give you this. Take one out of the basket. One. If we see you reaching into that thing like you do your stocking on Christmas morning, ushers are going to come flying across the row. No, just, just one. And you take this and you hand it out. Don't use it on yourself. Hand it out and then check this out. This is a three-week plan. The next week, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. The next week, we're going to invite you to buy a gift card. Church is going first. We're leading the way. We're giving out somewhere around 6,000 of these today. All the campuses. We're leading the way. Then next week, we're going to ask each of you to get a gift card. Restaurant, whatever, gas station, doesn't matter. Walmart, Target. Let the women say, Target! I don't know where that came from. Um, <laughs> my wife and daughter just love Target. Um, and and you're, we're going to ask you to buy a gift card. And you hand it out. And then the third week, we're going to ask you to buy somebody a dinner. Or if you're in a drive through line and you pay it forward or in a drive through pay it backwards, right? And we're going to watch the, the generosity of New Hope Church. Can you get a visual of this? spread throughout central North Carolina and beyond. And we're going to pray that God will use these tools. That's what they are. They're tools for Christ 
that God would use these. And we see somewhere around nine or 10,000 people come here for Easter Sunday celebration. And we're gonna see somewhere around seven to 800 people receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, get their sins forgiven, their lives redeemed, and their eternal security placed in heaven by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe it. But here's a question, and I want you to really lean in. You're not going to see it on the screens. It just came to me recently. I wanted to ask it just like this. I want you to lean in and seriously think about this question. This is from me to you, just heart-to-heart question. Do you believe, do you believe to the core of your being that every life on this planet, every life, no matter the circumstances, Do you believe that that person would be better if they had Christ at the center of their life? One more time, because it's a big question and I just want you to settle into it. Do you believe that at the core of your being, I mean, deep in the deep recesses of your soul, do you believe every person on this planet, regardless of what they did last night or regardless of any circumstances, regardless of skin color, socioeconomic level, regardless of anything, do you believe that they would be better if they had Christ at the center of their life? Show of hands. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's what I thought. Look around, look around. Hold them up high. So here's my second question. Get ready. Then why don't you interact with people like you really believe that? Like I have to ask myself that question from time to time. Why don't we act like it? Why... Don't we interact with people like the most important thing would be them experiencing the glorious gospel of Jesus? What would it look like for the church to be so dialed in to what it means to live for the purposes of God that we declare to your friends and your neighbors and your colleagues and my friends and my neighbors We're here to bring you home. And that they would look at the church and know deep in their soul, you're beautiful. This is why Jesus said in the book of Ephesians, or Paul would say about the church in Ephesians, that the church is to be the bride of Christ. What? Radiant. Beautiful. What would it look like for us to build this movement based upon members so dialed into what God wants to do that we keep lifting high the light of Christ? I love the way they kept flicking the light and he looked out into the darkness and there's the light. The church is supposed to be a beacon of faith, hope, and love. The church is supposed to be a place where we lift high the light of Christ and we push back the darkness that the world actually becomes a better place because you and I are engaged in the things of God. 
You know what our problem is? And I'm going to end with this. Our problem is that we, we treat life the wrong way. We, we actually think about life incorrectly. We, we get so obsessed and consumed with life that all we think about it from is our perspective, a little K perspective, Benji's kingdom instead of God's kingdom. I want you to imagine that this rope represents all of eternity. So it represents the timeline of God's creation. And this little part that I have marked down here at the end, do you see this? You see this red end? This represents your life. Say you live 50 years, great life, 60, 70. Maybe, maybe you make it 80 or 90, whatever the case may be. Whatever you're gonna live, God knows the length of your life, whatever that's gonna be. Where we make the mistake is we become consumed with living for that little window of time. Oh, Lord. We, we get obsessed with what does it look like for me to be comfortable and convenient and build my own little kingdom. And what God's word says, not Benji, what God's word says is that's completely missing the mark. That a faithful follower of Jesus Christ does not just live for their life. They live for all of eternity. And that as members of this church, we have crafted a membership that challenges you, that calls you to realize, I'm not just going to live for this. I'm gonna worship God every week. I'm gonna then do life with others where I'm needed and known. I'm even gonna take my financial resources and put them towards the things of God. And as I do, I'm impacting eternity, right? I am gonna do all these things. I'm gonna carry the message into the world where my life will make such a difference so that when I get to heaven, it's going to be a celebration, not just because God's gonna look at me and he's gonna look at you like he did Billy Graham and say, well done, good and faithful servant, but there are going to be people in heaven because I lived. That's what membership is about. So I'm calling you, I'm challenging you, I'm inviting you to live your one and only life. Not just for this. That is so, if I might say so, pathetic. That's, that's pathetic. Your life, my life, even if we make it 90 years, is so pathetic in the big picture. Millions, millions of years. Are you gonna just live for 70, 80, 99? Or are you going to be a part of a movement that literally changes the world for all of eternity.
That's what membership is all about. And that's what I'm inviting you to.